Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to church. My name is Mike Strange, and I'm blessed with being able to bring the Word of God to you this morning. I want you to know that God loves you so much, and He's made a provision for each and every one of you. Don't ever forget it. That's where we have to start. You know, Pastor Jeff has been instructing us, and he's told us, and he's shown us, and we have grown And we know that we're in a season of revival. Can you feel it? Can you feel the season of revival? Have you seen people healed? Yes, you have. Have you seen people come to the Lord? Yes, you have. Have you seen bonds and chains broken? Yes, you have. Have you seen families and couples restored? Yes, you have. Have you seen people brought by the blood of Jesus from everlasting life to, from everlasting death, pardon me, to eternal life? free of the bondage of sin. Yes, we have. We're in a season of revival. And Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you for that so much. We're going to start, if you'll open your Bibles, please, to Colossians 1, 12 through 14, or your Bible app or whatever uh, means that you're using this morning. Um, You know, I really think in the season of revival and even beyond, I think the paper Bible's coming back. I think we're going to see more people carrying the Word of God. I think we're going to see more people using the Word of God. Not that there's anything wrong with the app, because there's not. There's power in His almighty Word. And I think you're going to see that. You're going to see great changes in the church. You're going to see wonderful things in the season of revival. So now, Colossians 1, 12 through 14 states... And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people and in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful picture that is. You realize that's for you. That is especially for you. It's for each and every one of you. We're given joyful thanks. He has already qualified you to share in his inheritance of his holy people in his kingdom of light. He's rescued you from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into his kingdom of the son he loves and that's Jesus in whom we have redemption. We have been redeemed and we have forgiveness of sins. Don't forget that we have forgiveness of sins. Well, Pastor Jeff this past week, this past month, pardon me, and last week was always talking about, what's my pet rattlesnake? We're talking about uh, this series and about handling snakes, and we realized that we're talking about sin. And instead of a particular sin this week, as we're going into our bonus Sunday on a very long month of July, We're going to wrap it up and we're going to talk about sin itself. You know, it's a dangerous world that we live in. It's a very dangerous world we live in. There's so many things coming at us all the time. We have so many hazards. Just look 
how dangerous all the animals are that we come up against. What do you think might be the most dangerous animal in the world? I mean, we think about it. It's summer. We go to the beach. We know that sharks are treacherous. They're out there all the time. They're out there. They're plentiful. And we hear about shark attack after shark attack, shark attack. But you know, sharks are very low on the overall top 10 list of the most dangerous animal. We encounter other things too that are so deadly. Snakes. We know the snakes are all over the place. We know that in different countries that people are attacked and killed by snakes every year, that the, the, the snake deaths rise and rise every year. But snakes are not the most dangerous. Even more dangerous than that are crocodiles. We have a great number of crocodile deaths every year. Who would have known it? But there are. And then too, one you might not expect, hippopotamus, especially the male hippo. You know the male hippo attributes to most of the animal uh, killings of humans in the world every year are rogue hippopotamus. But that's not the one we're talking about today either. Do you realize that the most deadly of all animals in the world is the mosquito? Can you believe that? And it's true. Mosquito contributes to over 750,000 human deaths a year, sometimes up to a million. You realize that not only do we have uh, our country that's privileged to have medicine, but there's so many third world countries where that the cure for the disease that they carry is not readily available. The number one killer is the mosquito, the number one animal, and he's so deadly. But we've got a sobering topic to talk about this morning, and our topic is sin. And even though the mosquito contributes 750,000 to 1 million human deaths a year, do you realize that sin is responsible for 100% of death? Think about it. What does the Bible say? For the wages of sin is death. And we're not talking about just human life. We're talking about that eternal torment in hell. We're talking about the gnashing of teeth. We're talking about the screams and the fire. We're talking about eternal torment. But what's worse than that? We're talking about an eternal death, the eternal separation from God himself to never be able to be in his presence again. It's a sobering thought. 100% of death is because of sin. We were born into it. It started in the garden. You know, it didn't have to be that way, but it was. But it's all part of God's holy and unique plan, his perfect plan, so we know it has a reason. We know that he's bringing glory by working through this sin that we're all suffering with. You know, sin's described in the Bible, it's described as a dart, a stronghold, or a foothold. It's a tiny piercing. So let's think about that mosquito. A mosquito can land on you virtually undetected. And he has a protein in his saliva when he bites you that has a numbing agent. Not only is there a numbing agent where he might set on you and drain your very lifeblood for minutes at a time undetected, but he also has uh, an anti coagulating agent in there which keeps your blood from clotting 
so it does not stop flowing and it's free flowing and that he consumes even more of your blood. Sin is like that with a tiny million holes. You know, a lot of times we say, I know I sin, but it's nothing like what he did. My sin is not as big. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't this. I didn't that. I did not commit adultery. I did not. But sin is sin. And so we have a tiny hole. And then we have another tiny hole that we continue to bleed out of because our blood is free flowing. But then because of our bodies, our immune system has this wonderful agent that's in our immunity that says, I detect that there's a foreign substance in my body and it produces histamine. And histamine is what makes the bite swell up and itch and you start to detect it. That dreadful, dreadful bite is now detected. We have an opportunity to do something about it. Think about sin. In walks the Holy Spirit, that most wonderful gift that the Lord Jesus, through his Father God, has provided for us. The Holy Spirit that walks with us in conviction, that troubles us, that anguishes us, that picks on us all the time, even when we're far from God and not his own, constantly reminding us that we have an itch, that we have a swelling, that we have an infection, we have a foreign substance in that perfect body that God created, that perfect perfect one that was in his image from the beginning to the end sends a darts sends a stronghold as a foothold as a tiny piercing but pretty soon we have millions of tiny holes millions of tiny holes even if our holes aren't as big as somebody else so I want you to look at this image you and I both have a beautiful sailing ship isn't that pretty? Do you see that? That's the world's largest sailing vessel. It's yours. It's mine. It's beautiful. It's glorious. And her name is Testimony. And then sin sets in. And let's say you're not walking with God. Let's say that you haven't accepted him and you haven't believed in him. Then this can be a representation also of your life before Christ. Now, for those of us that are walking with the Lord and we claim to be a Christian and we proclaim the fact that we're disciples of God and that we walk and that we preach the gospel to others, a million tiny holes one at a time. A million tiny holes. It's so innocent. I'm not hurting anybody but me. I didn't hurt anybody else. I want you to know that that's what we think. But I want you to know and understand that any time that we sin, there's always a chain of effects. Our sin eventually will harm or destroy somebody else. The Lord did not intend for us to be that way. So over a period of time, we have these million tiny holes and we're compromised. Our sale is diminished. We're no longer effective. Look what our life looks like. We now have a vessel that looks like this. 
Our sails are ripped. They're torn up. It's diminished. How can we be effective? I've compromised my testimony. This is how I walk. This is how I walk in sin. If I haven't accepted the Lord, this is how I walk in my life for others to see. If I have accepted the Lord, this is how I walk in my testimony for the Lord to see and for others to see. Our example before others. I've compromised my testimony. I've become lukewarm. Do you remember what Jesus said about lukewarm? He said, you must be hot for the gospel or either you're cold, you're a goat or you're a lamb of God. You can't ride the fence. You can't be lukewarm. For if you're lukewarm, I will spew you from my mouth. That's a sobering thought. I tell you these things because I love you. But this is God's word. So I'm ceasing to move forward. I mean, how can I be filled with the mighty breath of God to set sail and to go forward and to be effective when my sails are like this? How can I be set at full speed again? You remember what I said in the very beginning that God loves us so much that he made provisions for us? The Lord has a wonderful way with his instruction manual in the Bible that he gives us instructions followed by application. He doesn't just leave you hanging. He doesn't say, do this, do this. He doesn't just say, do this because of this. He says, do this because of this, and I'm going to show you how. And his word will show you how. There's only just a way, if there was only a way that I could get past this, and there is, his name is Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? You know, my blood can and has been tainted, but not the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus on that very cross, it took our sins, mine and yours, to the very cross, he suffered in pain and in anguish. He took ridicule and torture. And he took all the sin of the world onto his shoulders. And he died for us. And he rose, praise God, on the third day, defeating death, that sin was conquered, that we could have everlasting life. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise God. We're going to take a look back at the word again at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is such a reassuring verse. I want you to see this application that's following the instruction. This is how the Lord guides you through what must we do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Let's pause on that a minute. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. You may be in a season right now where you feel helpless. You may be in a season right now where you feel that you can't turn back. You might be in a season where you feel that your sin and the consequences of your sin is so unique that nobody could understand and nobody's ever walked through this before. But I'm telling you that you're wrong. 
because it's God's word. No temptation has ever has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Can you say that together? God is faithful. Amen. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Don't get that verse wrong, but take it just as it is. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You have to read the rest of it. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Did you hear that? What did we say? If there was only a way, God always makes a provision, even when we're tempted beyond what we can bear. He will provide a way so that you can endure it. Don't ever forget that. We walk around as if we don't believe that. We walk around as if we've never heard it. We walk around as if that we don't trust in it, but we should. So with this, the application and the instruction is the introduction of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to I want to give you a little, just a little short story about this. One of my favorite pastors of all time, God rest his soul, Pastor Charles Stanley, who just recently went to be with the Lord not long ago. That man could preach the word. And I loved what he said when he was preaching about the Holy Spirit. Pastor Stanley said, you know, and I was a little boy growing up in church, and you know, he grew up right here in Dry Fork, Virginia. And then he moved to Danville, to North Main Hill, to deliver newspapers as a child. He said, when I was growing up in the church, I hear people talk about God, and I knew who God was, and I love God, and I hear people talk about Jesus, and I knew who Jesus was, and I love Jesus, and then I hear them talking about the Holy Ghost, because back then, KJV everywhere, and it was always Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Stanley said, and being a young boy, I said, I don't know anything about that ghost business. I'm not sure about that. I'm just going to let that rest. And that's what, we, that's what we do, and that's what we've done. That's what I did as a young child. I was disturbed by that a little bit. This Holy Ghost thing, what's this ghost business we're talking about? That's unsettling, that's unnerving. I don't know anything about it, so I'm not gonna pursue it. What does this mean? Well, let me tell you what God's word says about the person of the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is not an entity. He's not a force. He's not just an aberration. He's not just something that goes and comes. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is very much a person, just like God the Father, just like Jesus, the Son, our Lord and Savior, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. They're three, but they're one. Each one with a very unique role, but all working together as the Godhead in perfect unison to glorify the Father. So, the person of the Holy Spirit, what does he do? Well, sometimes you hear him called the Holy Spirit. We hear him called the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, the Helper, the Comforter, the Counselor. He's all of these things. So what, what does he do? What is his purpose? The Bible clearly states that the role of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus Christ in all things. The Spirit never speaks of himself. 
the Spirit never gratifies or glorifies himself. The Spirit glorifies Jesus Christ in all things. Now, how does he do that? Well, the first thing that he does, if we look at John 14, 16. In the KJV version, it says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide in you forever. Do you remember what Jesus said just before he ascended? Jesus had already been crucified. He had defeated death and he had rose from the grave and he had walked and performed miracles and done wondrous things amongst people for a long time. But then he told his disciples that I must go because if I don't leave, another one like me cannot come. I must leave so that the Father may send the Comforter, the Comforter to you, the Holy Spirit that will indwell you, which means he will not only visit you, he will not only be available, he will indwell you that all saints, all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will indwell and live in you forever and always in all things. How does he do that? The person of the Holy Spirit, he teaches us. He's there to remind us. He testifies to us. This is beautiful. When we are doubting our salvation, that Holy Spirit is there testifying, testifying to our blessed hope of salvation that's eternal, that we cannot be taken out of God's hand. He convicts us when we're walking in sin. He guides us in the direction we should go in. He comforts us when we're mourning and when we're low and when we're lost. He glorifies the Lord Jesus in all things. He dwells in us and he bears witness. Our testimony is strong because of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must go so that the Comforter can come to you. I want to tell you something that's just in my mind that was revealed to me, but hopefully you can see it too. I remember being so excited hearing the birth of Christ, the Christmas story, Emmanuel, God with us, that God... For he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That little baby was to grow and be our Lord and Savior. God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus walked this earth with man and when he was here, God was also with us. What did Jesus say? He said, for if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He said, no man cometh before the Father, but by me. God with us, Emmanuel. And what did Jesus say before he ascended into heaven? He said, I must go so that the Comforter may come and indwell in you forever. Jesus said, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is a gift from my Father. God Almighty gave Jesus the Comforter. And Jesus, our Lord and Savior, gave the Comforter to us to indwell in us forever. 
Emmanuel, God with us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, Genesis 1-2, hovered above the voidness that was not yet the earth and above the darkness of the waters before creation. In the beginning was a word, the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus, the Spirit, Father God. He was with us before us. He was with us walking with us. And he's with us now. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's a promise. Let's take a look at Romans 8, 6, and 7. The mind is governed by the flesh. The mind that's governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Do you hear what that's saying? You know, our mind is very much in control. Pastor Jeff has taught you this. In the beginning, what was our memory verse? Desire was conceived, and we're desiring something. We're thinking about something, and it gives birth to sin. Temptation is not a sin, and we're all tempted. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Jesus did not sin. Don't be worried about your temptation. Be worried about your sin. Desire conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. For the wages of sin is death, and that's exactly what happened in the garden. And that's exactly what happens to you and I if we deny Christ, we don't receive the Spirit and walk with Him, and if we choose that our way is better than His. What does it say right here? The verse plainly says, the mind governed by the flesh, that's what I want to do, is hostile to God. You might say, I'm not hostile to God, I'm a Christian. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when I sin, when I do of myself, when I don't walk with the Spirit, but I'm walking in my own accord because I think I know best, I am hostile to God. I don't want to be hostile to God. And I know you don't either. So he's provided a way. He always provides a way. Just remember that what's done apart from the Holy Spirit is flesh. And I know that sounds a little bit extreme because we're humans and we enjoy a lot of things. So I'm praising the Lord and I'm glorifying Him and I know that I'm walking under His umbrella of mercy and grace. But then there are times when I'm hostile to God and I sin. And I know that he can't look upon that. I'm still in his hand. Nothing can remove me. But you know, we get to the point to where that the Lord will chastise us. He makes corrections just like a good parent does. Walk with the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. What's done apart from the Holy Spirit is flesh. But then there are times when I'm not sinning. Everything's just fine. But look around you when you're not sinning and everything's just fine and ask yourself, 
is there anything about what I'm seeing, being a part of, or doing that glorifies God? And if the answer is no, I'm lukewarm. It's hard. But God has made a way. The sin of this world is real. The enemy will come at you with every kind of attack to kill, steal, and destroy that he can possibly dream of. And as we saw earlier, most of them are tiny and they're small and they're innocent and we don't think they're a big deal. But if we have enough of them, our ship doesn't sail anymore. What's done apart from the Holy Spirit is flesh. If there was only a way, well, I'm here to tell you there is a way. We're going to yield to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You hear people talk about it, that we should pray in the Spirit. We should walk in the Spirit. We should trust in the Spirit. We should do all of these things, live in our lives in the Spirit. And you say, well, how, how is that possible? I know God says He provides a way, but how is it possible? We're keeping our eyes on the things that are holy, but when we do that, our beautiful ship is restored. Let's see what that looks like. Praise God. Praise God. Our beautiful ship, that's testimony. It's restored by His mercy, His goodness, His grace. It's nothing of us. Don't ever think it's anything of you. This word today is not of me. I have prayed in the Spirit that the Lord would say what he says and to push me out of the way. When we witness to people, the Holy Spirit will bring things to remembrance that I have taught you. That's what Jesus said. Don't be afraid to witness. Don't be afraid to give your testimony. Don't be afraid to go out. Don't be afraid because even to pray, when I don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will take our mere mumblings and murmurs and he will translate them to the Father so that he understands. God knows we struggle. He knows that we are small and weak, but he is strong. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him all the time. It's always what he has done. We're going to keep our eyes on the cross at Calvary. Always keep your eyes on the cross. It's always about what he has done. Our testimony is refreshed by his mercy and goodness daily. As we walk in, we walk with the Spirit. So, 2 Corinthians 3.18 reminds us, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're all thinking about it, are being transformed into his image. Do you hear that? He's already told us of the victory. He told us in the other scriptures that it was done, it is done, it is done. We have been justified by his blood. And now day after day, you're being sanctified by his Holy Spirit. Sanctified, what is that? Less of me or of him. It's not my righteousness, it's his righteousness. But he said, I will bring you to that day by day and day by day you will be stronger and day by day you will become more righteous and day by day you will walk more upright and you will walk in the spirit. 
And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory of being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is who is the Spirit. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, don't ignore the Spirit. The Lord thy God was with us in Jesus. The Lord thy God is in you forever as the Holy Spirit. He walks with you. He's with you when you rest. He's with you when you struggle. He's with you when you celebrate. Less of us, more of him. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com.